the two names that are on the lips of most people who are attending the World Economic Forum are number one, Donald Trump. Every single person. Actually, I found one guy wearing a MAGA hat, um, and he was just sort of a, you know, a rogue guy. He wasn't an official delegate. I interviewed him because I saw who's wearing a MAGA hat in the Swiss Alps. Um, but other than him, this place hates Donald Trump, and they think they can do something about it. They think that from far away in Europe, they can muster some sort of way to spike and veto. By and the way, Donald I was going to ask you that. John Kerry, not when you guys interviewed him, we'll play that after you leave, but John Kerry said from the podium yesterday, he said, it doesn't matter if you elect Trump, you won't stop our global movement. I mean, this guy's literally saying he'll work against American voters. Oh, of course. And he always has. Just ask Iran, his best buddies. But other than Donald Trump, you know who they hate the most here, Alex? I know you'll get it in your first guess. Elon Musk. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. All right, we've only got 20 minutes there in the dark of down on a mountaintop in Switzerland at Davos with Ezra Levan doing an incredible job with his team there confronting globalists. After he leaves us then, I'll show them confronting Tedros, the head of the WHO, the head of the Bill Gates Foundation, uh, the head of the ADL, uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. Just, of course, they famously confronted and got and got an incredible uh, interview uh, with the head of Pfizer last year. Ezra, thank you so much for joining us. Tell tell us what's happening there right now because you you guys are literally knocking out of the park yet again. Thanks very much, Alex. Are you, are, I'm in the town of Closters. I am not in Davos right now, and the reason for that is every single hotel room, every single Airbnb in Davos is booked up by Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum. So we have to stay a, a town away. We have to take the train every day. So I'm in that other town. That's one of the ways that Klaus Schwab manages to control who gets to see and participate at his World Economic Forum. But the positive side of that, Alex, is that they let their guard down. So when we come in, our little team of rebels, they're not expecting us. By the way, there are hundreds of journalists there. But they're regime journalists. They're journalists, get this, Alex, who pay to be there. For example, today, I scrummed Richard Quest of CNN, who I actually sort of admire as a journalist. But I asked him, how can you possibly grill Klaus Schwab if you're paying Klaus Schwab $250,000 for your CNN pavilion to be right in the heart of darkness there? And he said, oh, no, I grill him hard. I watched his interview with Schwab, softball after softball. My point, there are actually hundreds of journalists at Davos, but they're members of the World Economic Forum. So by definition, they will never say anything critical. Our little merry band of citizen journalists is circulating around the town. We're not allowed in the conference because we're not accredited in the conference. But like I say, the streets of the town, there's all these VVIPs. So we just scrum them on the streets and they don't have their usual entourage. And I got to say, Alex, the police in Switzerland have a very light touch. As long as you don't physically, you know, touch any VVIP, the police don't do a thing. So we get to get really up and close to all these VIPs. I see you're showing on the screen right now me with one of the true masters of the universe. That's Chris Elias one of the presidents managing $67 billion 
at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Do you think in any other environment I'd be able to stand next to the guy for 10 full minutes? And I and I personally scrummed John Kerry today, as did my colleague Avi. Um, I talked to a senator, a U.S. senator, Chris Coons. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think. There's so many people I bumped into a United, the head of the United Nations Development Program. Uh, today, I, I bumped into Penny Pritzker. Now, she had a couple of cops around her, but I got right up next to her, and the cops didn't didn't stop me. And again, people don't know, Pritzkers all- are behind the whole transgender cult. Oh, and the whole family is so political. Um, Joe Biden appointed one of them uh, to be the special envoy in Ukraine. One of them's the, the boss of uh, Harvard's board. So th- to have a chance to scrum these folks now, I got to tell you, because we're on the street with them, sometimes we only have 30 seconds before they dash away. For example, today I scrummed an executive with AstraZeneca and he ran into a bank to avoid me and he hid there and then he came out and he had a few talking points and then he ran into another place so you never know if you're going to get someone for 30 seconds or 10 minutes last year we managed to scrum greta thunberg for a full 20 minutes so she said nothing of interest she's just a child actor but um, my colleague grilled jonathan greenblatt of the uh, greenblatt of the adl and my colleague Avi is Jewish, like I am. And I don't know if you saw that video, but... We played it yesterday. It was incredible. Great- Listen, we got to go to break. Some stations join us after this. I know you don't have a lot of time. Hopefully you can freeze out there and, and just go you know, at least like 28 after the next break. Because I'll play whatever clips you want. I'm going to play them all after you go. But I'd love to be able to ask you questions. Yeah. Does it seem like yesterday, sure. last year you guys blew it away? And it seems like this year it's even more amazing. This is what real journalists need to go do. And, and, and we're so blessed Rebel Media is there. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Well, you don't get more pro-team humanity than rebelnews.com and the great founder and head of it, Ezra Levant, and the rest of his team. And I was asking him during the break, because he's up there covering Davos, standing out in the uh, freezing cold right now to talk to us. Incredible last few days. Head of the UNWHO confronted. Uh, John Kerry, the head U.S. climate change power grab envoy confronted. The head of the ADL confronted. Uh, the head of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation confronted. I mean, scrum. They don't confront. They ask them questions and, you know, follow them. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's just incredible. We have him to the bottom of the hour. After he goes, we'll, we'll, we're going to play all the clips here. But, but I just wanted to say to Ezra, I said, what is the most important clip? Because I can't choose which one I think is most important. But I think once you said it, I agree with you. It's the head of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation with 60 plus billion under management, buying off media, buying off governments, trying to push the UN treaty to take over our bodies. Uh, these are the powerful people you never hear about. So, so you were telling me that you, this, th- this you think is the most important thing you've done the last few days of all these amazing things. So, so recap what you were telling me off air. Sure. I mean, uh, and I'm sorry, it's a little noisy behind me here. I'm at the local train station. Fine. I got to tell you, Chris Elias, uh, who's the boss of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, he did not answer my questions. So you might be thinking, well, what's the point of the interview? Well, it's like when we scrummed the Pfizer boss last year. Here, why don't you turn up the volume and I'll be quiet. But listen to how it went. Yeah, start it from the beginning because then your questions, because he gets confronted, get 50 million views, and it makes people think about who are these evil spiders in the dark. Start it from the beginning. This is the head of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Here it is. 
Hey, can I ask you a few questions about the foundation? No, I'm, unfortunately, uh, I'm running late for something. Well, I'll walk with you. Uh, no, one of the criticisms is Bill Gates is sort of a master of the universe, but he's not elected at all. But but he exerts a lot of power. How do you feel about that? Isn't it a little undemocratic? Is Melinda still involved with the foundation even after the divorce? But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. How many times did Bill Gates actually visit Epstein? I've seen estimates that it was in the dozens. Is that true? Why is it that Bill Gates is out free when others who are involved with Epstein are being prosecuted, like even Prince Andrew's in trouble. How did Bill Gates manage to escape? What was Bill Gates' involvement in the simulation for a worldwide pandemic just months before COVID-19? Has he ever explained that? I was at a, a pavilion called We Lead. It was a women's rights organization in India. They said that the Bill Gates Foundation was a funder. What are you doing poking around India like that? What's Bill Gates' ambition in India? Bill Gates says he thinks there's too many people in the world. He'd like to see 15 or 20% fewer people at least. Uh, first, we've got population. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. And yet he's behind a lot of vaccine developments. Isn't that sort of a conflict of interest? How can you trust a guy to make medicine if he says there's too many people in the world? Don't you think you have a, an obligation to be transparent? I don't think I'm asking any questions that you haven't heard before. I bet you have answers to all my questions. Why don't you just clear the air on some of these things? Why do you think you're above scrutiny? Bill Gates has given more than $300 million to media organizations. I think that's one reason he's been able to skate on the whole Epstein thing. But don't you think just for the public interest, you should have to answer some questions about the billions of dollars you spend distorting public policy? you met with here and will you ever disclose that or do you precisely come to Davos so your meetings are kept secret and no one knows about them do you ever talk to the media or only media that Bill Gates buys sorry Are you worried that if all the details come out about the Epstein trial, that your boss might get into legal trouble like Prince Andrew did or some of the others on the list? I mean, it must have been bad for Melinda to divorce him over Epstein. I mean, that's what Melinda Gates said. All right, let's stop there for a minute. She we'll go back to it in a minute. Back it up 10 seconds. So, so Ezra. No, this is incredibly effective. It's why it goes super viral because they can't respond. It's like he's on the stand. You're saying nothing but truth here. I mean, this is this is as important as your Borla uh, scrum. 
You know, and and I think it was wise of you to cut it off. It just keeps going in that vein. Because, but I think the fact that he won't answer, and they were fair questions. They were real, fact-based, journalistic questions. I had a bit of an edge to it, but I wasn't mean. I wasn't swearing. I wasn't blocking him. I wasn't touching him. And for people to hear the case against Bill Gates and his foundation and not get any answers, I think shows that people have never seen a genuine interview of Gates or his henchmen before. And these are the people that want to control our lives, control our bodies, that are getting the UN treaties through. We should know everything about them. Instead, we don't. You're right. And and so although I don't get answers, to see him stonewall my fair questions is quite something. And perhaps there are better clips I could have recommended besides me just reading the litany of Bill Gates's crimes to his right hand man. But there was something cathartic about doing it, I should say. Um, today, I scrummed two different executives from Facebook and I asked them because the number one priority for Klaus Schwab is misinformation and disinformation, I asked those two Facebook execs if they were going to use that as a tool or an excuse to censor and manipulate the 2024 U.S. presidential election. Obviously, they wouldn't answer me, but I did have a bit of a dialogue with them. I talked to the CEO of State Street, if you know who I mean. Uh, that's uh, Yeah, that's like one of the Black Russian Rock. dolls within the whole BlackRock combine. Yeah, I, I don't know if you have that clip handy. By the way, all the videos we're doing, we're putting it up on the website, wefreports.com. So your team right now, Alex, can grab any videos or people who are watching who want to see these things. There's too many of them to play. I mean, and we've got about six we have to have. That's right, wefreports.com. You're also posting them on X at Ezra Levant. Where else should people find all this incredible groundbreaking information? Those are the two places. Let me tell you what the State Street guy said. Well, first of all, he tried to ignore me, but I was walking along the side of him. And I said, look, um, are, are you pulling back from ESG, environmental, social, and governance? That's sort of the corporate version of DIE, diversity, inclusion, and uh, uh, I forgot the right now. Um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm jet lagged here, Alex. I've been giving her full tilt. And equity, that's right. Um, and at first he said, no, we're not abandoning ESG. And then I said to him, well, doesn't that violate your fiduciary duty to shareholders? Because your duty is to get a maximum rate of return for shareholders. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. We stand by our fiduciary duty. These are just long-term issues. It was sort of BS. But like I say, when would I, a citizen journalist, ever have a chance to scrum the CEO of states? But more importantly, so as you said earlier... They are, they get not just hundreds of millions, but billions from these groups are paid to the corporate media. Then the corporate media pays it back to come to these events. And so they're bought and paid for. Uh, they're absolutely domesticated uh, journalists at, at the bare minimum. Most of them just complete agents of these people. So you're spotlighting the planet's ruling class here that they don't want to be spotlighted. Exactly. For example, there was a BBC reporter that's the giant state broadcaster in the United Kingdom. He was outraged that we dared even to talk to them. He said, who are you? Who are you? He said, I, I told him who he was. Well, who are you? Like, like the, the contempt there. Uh, it, and the irony is the theme for this year is rebuilding trust. And, you know, it, it was it's really crazy how these folks 
who want to run our lives do not feel they have any accountability at all. And uh, like Tedros, who uh, my colleague Avi Amini scrum today, Dr. Tedros, the head of the World Health Organization, Avi laid into him pretty good today. And I was wondering, I was asking Avi, I said, do you think he cares? Or do you think he's so above, like, like stratospheric that he looks down on us like ants? Because it was exciting for us that Avi scrummed Dr. Tedros. But for him, like, why does he care? He and, and let's be clear, because you know your stuff. Tedros oversaw a million of his own people dying with cholera. He's a Marxist-Leninist. Uh, he, he's calling for taking control, censorship, our bodies, saying the UN should run our lives, trying to ram through this treaty, uh, ram through this, this, this pandemic treaty. Here is your reporter confronting him. Don't push me. Doctor... Dr. Tedros, this is your chance Sorry. to apologize to the world for your role during COVID. Would you like to take it? Hi, Dr. Tedros. Can I ask you, Dr. Tedros, how, how are you doing? Um, do you think you did well in uh, COVID and if you're going to do as well in disease X? Mr. Tedros, how you doing? How do you feel you went in COVID? We're rushing to a meeting. Oh, we can Maybe walk. Maybe later we'd, on. We'd love to walk with you to the meeting. What's the meeting about? Is it about disease X? It's a, bit, a meeting with UAE. With the UAE? Do, do, okay. Dr. Adnan, do you believe that lockdown should always be rejected as a public health measure? Can we talk later? What time? I'm happy to arrange a meeting with you, sir. Do you believe lockdown should be rejected as a public health measure? What, 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 what is disease X? Mr. Tedros, what is disease X? And when is China going to release it? Do you think the man... Yeah. The World Health Organization wants actually, during the coronavirus pandemic... How are you doing? I would love to talk to you, doctor. Do you, do you apologize for what you did during COVID? And should people have to go through disease X with you now that you say it's 10 times worse? Sir, it's a simple question. Do you condemn public health interventions like lockdowns and vaccine mandates? The slogan for the WBF agenda. Are you going to apologize for getting everything wrong from mask mandates to vaccine mandates? Okay, sorry. Don't push me. Doctor. Dr. Tedros, this is your chance Sorry. to apologize to the world for your role during COVID. Would you like to take it? It's okay to get- Do we have to wait for you to get everything wrong in disease X? Do you think the vaccine mandates are wrong? You got everything from mask mandates to vaccines wrong. Do you want to apologize? Or do we have to suffer? In Australia, we, wait, we had the longest lockdowns in our city and that was based on your advice. You don't want to apologise to Australians or anyone? What about the current excess deaths? Do you want to talk about those? Do you take any responsibility for people who died because of the policies you pushed? It's rebuild, regaining. They say regaining trust is the theme this year. Are you part of the reason why they've lost trust in the WEF and everybody finally knows who you are and what you stand for? Thank you, Dr. Tedros, for showing us how transparent you and the World Economic Forum really is. WEFreports.com.
That's what we're here to do, is hold those unelected oligarchs and those that have controlled everything in our society from, from even our freedom of movement for three years, to hold them accountable. Not here like the mainstream press that are invited guests that will never ask Tedros. He's never been asked those. You could see on his face he's never been asked such tough questions. Before. All right. And, and the, the full reports are up at WEF Reports, Rebel News. We're going to post it all on and, and send the links out on Real Alex Jones. And these are getting millions of views. They need tens of millions of views apiece like they got last year. They will. But I'm really proud of you, Ezra Levant, and Avi, and your entire team. Nobody could do as good a job just slowly, methodically, being shoved, being pushed by security, putting them on the spot. These oligarchs, these masters of the universe, these, these eugenicists, these depopulationists, uh, literally try to hide on a mountain away from the population. This is God's work. Well, thank you. And there was one other gentleman there, my Canadian friend, Andrew Lawton. I want to give him a shout out. He was asking about the lockdown policy. Uh, but what, what you saw there was the entire number of citizen journalists in the entire world on that economic forum. There was no one else in the entire town trying to hold these people to account. By the way, Alex, let me give you an invitation to join us next year. You would be like a kid in a candy store here. Um, you would recognize so many people uh, and you would you would have such a knowledge to deploy. Unfortunately, some of the videos you've shown in the last 10 minutes have been very one-sided. Not a lot of answers either from the Gates Foundation guy or from Tedros there. But I should tell you, some of the people we talk to do converse. And sometimes it's not very illuminating. And in, de in their defense, we're sort of jumping out of nowhere to ask them that, so maybe they're not prepared. But there are some interviews that go really well and some people who talk to us at great length. So uh, you've shown some of the more frustrating ones, but, but they have their purpose too, to show how anti-transparent they are. By the way, you know who I saw walking up and down the street about four times? I just didn't have a chance to run up to him. Is Paul Ryan, oh, wow. uh, the former US politician who's now on the board of Fox News. Uh, he He's out there, I might try and nab him tomorrow. I wonder if he'll be reticent or if he'll talk. But um, it really is, Probably the largest single gathering of the masters of the universe. I'm thinking the United Nations when it's in session, but that's just world leaders. This is world leaders of countries plus business people. Absolutely. And, and, and we're going politicians. to, after you leave today and tomorrow and throughout the other shows, we're going to be airing all of your reports and linking them at Real Alex Jones on Twitter and Infowars.com. At the time we have, uh, Avi also yesterday was able to scrum uh, the head of the ADL and really hit the nail on the head. The ADLs become this globalist leftist arm to call for censorship, to demonize conservatives, to go after Elon Musk, to go after people that, that, are, that are not involved in any type of racism or any, any of this. Uh, and, and, and is very, very dangerous because then when real stuff happens, which is what we've seen lately, where it's very fashionable with the heads of the universities and, you know, the deputy director of the CIA literally, you know, coming out and sounding like Hitler, that Jews are bad or Israel can't exist and from the mountains of the sea. I, I, I want to play uh, Avi uh, talking uh, to the head of the ADL here and then get your take on it. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm good. Can I ask you something? I'm meeting somebody. I'm sorry. I'll walk with you. Are you, are you like that, the boy who cried wolf? For so many years, you you, you cried anti-Semitism and you found hatred everywhere. And then what, and then and who then are, finally are you? What, and then uh, Avi Mini from Rebel News. What's Rebel News? Rebel News. 
it doesn't matter. But finally, now the, when the world when the world has turned so anti-Semitic, no one believes us because of people like you and the work you've done over so many years, destroying our allies, making lists about our allies, people that actually defend us. You've been a big part of that problem, haven't you? Do you know the boy that cried wolf? I'm not familiar with this story. Why don't you, no. tell, why don't you explain it to me? Jonathan, I, I, like it's not a joke because the Jews around the world, we are feeling the pain and you've alienated so many of our allies. What about Elon Musk? Somebody that's been so good. No, you got a message for Elon? Thank you, Jonathan. There you go. Nothing to say. Censorship in real life. I bet you I'm going to be on a list tomorrow. Jonathan Grimblatt is a man that has cried anti-Semitism for years. He has found hate, he has made it his job to find hate and anti-Semitism and Jew hatred where it hasn't been. Now, the problem with that is fast forward to October 7, where many of us Jews are finally seeing real anti-Semitism, but so much of the world is numb to it and don't believe it because he's cried it for so many years. The Jonathan Grimblatt of the world who label anyone with an opposing view as a racist and as anti-Semite. And now suddenly in our darkest days, we have no one left to support us. That is why we're here. WFreports.com, bookmark and support our work. As for all these globalists, you know, who are you? Look down. Oh, I don't know what Boy Who Cried Wolf is. We know that's a lot. That's probably one of the most famous stories after Little Red Riding Hood. A... Why do you think Greenblatt's there? I mean, I know why. They're going to call their opposition to the New World Order and depopulation anti-Semitic. It's very clear they're just hiring him to do that. Uh, but give me your take. And then B, he doesn't know who the boy who cried wolf is. Maybe you can explain it to him. Yeah, that's right. Well, and and I, I'm really glad that Avi asked that because, I mean, I'm Jewish and so is Avi. And, I, and there is some real anti-Semitism in the world. We've seen a lot of it the last three months. But what the ADL does is it weaponizes the accusation of anti-Semitism against anyone who's conservative. And he does that because he's a former Obama staffer. He's a left-wing woke extremist. And he's just decided that he can uh, fundraise and get political points by playing the race card or the anti-Semitic card. And he lived off that for years. But now, you know, when there's actually real anti-Semitism, you know, the wolf has come and no one believes the boy who's falsely, who's truly for the first time crying wolf. He is absolutely there. Jonathan Greenblatt is absolutely there to work on censorship of conservative voices. And I have to say, the two names that are on the lips of most people who are attending the World Economic Forum are, number one, Donald Trump. Every single person. Actually, I found one guy wearing a MAGA hat, um, and he was just sort of a you know, a rogue guy. He wasn't an official delegate. I interviewed him because I saw who's wearing a MAGA hat in the Swiss Alps. Um, but other than him, this place hates Donald Trump and they think they can do something about it. They think that from far away in Europe, they can muster some sort of way to spike and veto. By the way, Donald I was going to ask you that. John Kerry, not when you guys interviewed him, we'll play that after you leave. But John Kerry said from the podium yesterday, he said, it doesn't matter if you elect Trump, you won't stop our global movement. I mean, this guy's literally saying he'll work against American voters. Oh, of course. And he always has. Just ask Iran, his best buddies. But other than Donald Trump, you know who they hate the most here, Alex? I know you'll get it in your first guess. Elon Musk. They say that Elon Musk is the biggest danger because Elon Musk did two things. 
First of all, he made Twitter a free speech zone, as you know personally. And second of all, and perhaps even more important, he revealed the depths that the deep state had gone to infiltrate social media platforms. So he showed it with the Twitter files, but we know we can assume and extrapolate that that's happening right now at I, I, I totally YouTube, agree. Join Instagram. us. Join us again tomorrow if you can. Please try to get Avi on. We love him. But in closing, is it fair to say they're on their heels? They're in defensive mode? They're calling for censorship as their number one thing because they're desperate? I don't know. They seem committed. They seem ideologically resolved. I was on the train with a few global warming ladies. One said global warming started the war in Ukraine. It was the best I could do not to laugh out loud. They, these people, there are inner circle people like the Klaus Schwab's and the Larry Fink's and the, and, uh, the John Kerry's. But there's a lot of true believers sort of there's in the race here. There's a cult, absolutely. WFreports.com. It's a cult. Thank you, Ezra. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Great job. Well, we've had a lot of amazing successes against the globalists. And it really is because of the listeners of this broadcast and the fact that we're historically informed and had a lot of great guests. And we really understand the point in history that humanity is right now. So everybody knows our information is hardcore and extremely informative and game-changing. But what about the products at InfoWarsStore.com? These products, if you'll just try them, you'll be addicted to. I don't sell products that don't work. I don't sell products that aren't game-changing. I don't sell products that aren't the very best. Just like our information is the most hardcore, armor-piercing information out there that cuts right to the lies, these products at Infowars.com are the supplement equivalent to our information. So, our DNA Force Plus, our Real Red Pill Plus are 40% off individually right now. They're the new big sale. But together, they're an unprecedented 50% off. And both these products are selling out. In fact, we're very close to selling out of DNA Force Plus. About a week left of that. About two weeks left of Real Red Pill. You say, well, then why are you discounting it? Because we need the funds in here right now. So, if you want to experience game-changing power to your cells and boosting your entire body, not just your immune system, you need to take advantage of this. So here's the combo name I gave it. Two powerhouse formulas, one supercharged special. So it's the supercharged combo special at InfoWarsStore.com. It would take me an hour to tell you what's in Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, research it for yourself, and then try it and experience it. Thanks for your support.